Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. Come on and slam. Welcome back to Real Bucks Talk Podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez. As always, we are coming, recording right now on a Tuesday, and uh, it's great to be back. Uh, Mark, how are we doing tonight? Good as always, good as always. Healthy, ready for the week, ready to talk Bucks football, draft coverage, all the fun stuff. A lot of big things coming up uh, this month. We're getting closer to the draft, only two, almost two weeks away. Uh, we got lightning playoffs coming up right. tomorrow, so that's awesome. The Rays, Rays kicking ass there, yeah. nine and three. Uh, so a lot of good things going on. Magic um, made the playoffs. Magic made the playoffs. So it's time for uh, the Bucks to start winning games and, and doing well. Uh, but we have a great show uh, lined up tonight. We're going to talk pretty much draft prospects, but really mm-hmm. focus on the Florida Gators. And uh, we have a special guest uh, to do that, and that is David uh, Wonderlick. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel, also writes for GatorCountry.com. Uh, so really some good insight that he's going to provide us, talking about different players, mainly from the SEC and specifically the Florida Gators. So uh, happy to have him on, and we're going to give him a call here. Yeah, so guys, think about it. We're thinking Ja'Kai Polite, mm-hmm. Roshan Joseph, Jawan Taylor, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, all these big SEC-type guys. And then guess what? He also saw Devin White for three years. Mm-hmm. So. Good more insight yeah. on that. So that's pretty much our mindset of what we're thinking when we wanted to call him and find his insight, right? Right. So let's give him a call. Let's see what he has to say. David Wonderlick. Yeah. Awesome name. Hey, David. How you doing? It's Mark. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Um, it's Mark and Mike here. Yeah. Glad to have you on, man. Uh, thank it's you. Great to be here. Thank you for coming on. So... As usual, we always like to get to know the person before we start talking the football. So, in a short little, or however long you want, give us a little behind the scenes of who David Wonderlick is when he's not talking Gators football or doing YouTube clips, like the cool stuff of what you like to do. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I've been uh, living a pretty interesting life since about... Uh, 2012 or so because that's when my wife joined the u.s navy and they say join the navy visit the, see the world and uh that has certainly been the case so I've lived in uh virginia and chicago and uh, naples italy for three and a half years and now i'm in rhode island and so done a lot of traveling a lot of seeing the world um i uh really have specialized here in uh, college football and the gators specifically um, i actually grew up a tampa bay bucks fan uh, my dad used to have season tickets before i was born Nice. Uh, and then, you know, kids came along and, and that all mm-hmm. happened. And then 
especially being, uh, you know, on the other side of the Atlantic, I, I fell off the NFL wagons there for a while, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I do have an affinity for the Bucks and, uh, and the Gators for sure. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Love hearing that. Yeah. Well, two questions. So you're a father of how many, if I may ask? Uh, we just had our first, uh, last October. Awesome. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. How are you loving it? Uh, it has been so different than I expected, <laughs> but it is an amazing ride. Oh yeah. It, there's something new every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm Absolutely. a seven year old girl, so it's a long, it's enjoyable. Remember it all, take pictures, enjoy the ride. It's so fun. Absolutely. And also, so of all the places you've been, what was your favorite? Was it Italy or where would you say is like your favorite place you've been? Yeah, probably Italy. It was, uh, Naples is, is such a really interesting place because it is on the one hand, just a, a big rollicking mess of an area, but it has so much character and the people are so great to you. If you get in on their side, so, <laughs> you know, you go out to the market and like everybody's trying to get in line ahead of you and, and, you know, they're running you off the road or whatever, but you know, I, I had an Italian landlord and he and his family were just wonderful to my wife and I, and we really felt like we were part of their family by the end. So it is, it is just a, a whole big mix of things. Yeah. I, I feel like out of the States, everyone's always, people need to go see out of the little shell that is the U S about different things. Yeah. Like I, my wife and I like to travel too. We've been like Egypt, Iceland, different crazy mm-hmm. places that, yeah, it's just cool to see, but the difference in people, I think, is the biggest change or difference between here and other places. But Absolutely. Right? But, yeah, and I, and let me tell you, having grown up in Florida, I used to make fun of snowbirds all the time, but <laughs> having been through a Chicago and a Rhode Island winter, I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you value where you're at so much more. I mean, yeah, with the humidity is hell, but it's still, I mean, I love going to the beach all the time. Mm-hmm. Just I don't care. I'll put the windows down. Enjoy the heat. Sometimes. Yeah, my cousin. Oh, my, yeah. my cousin lives in Iowa, and I don't know how he how he deals with it. It's uh, it's tough. I mean, the winters are they can be brutal at times. Oh yeah. 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 So, well, awesome that you were a Bucks fan too. That that's that's icing on the cake right there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> let's let's jump into Gator football now. So obviously it's draft time. You've covered the Gators for. I'd, I'd watch your YouTube clips all the time. If y'all look for it, they were one lick, wonder lick on YouTube. Awesome cut-ups of the Gators and who's doing good, who's doing bad. Just It gives you this kind of the same thing like we talk about here. Who's winning matchups, who's doing good based on actually analyzing the tape, not just saying, oh, this guy did good because he got a sack. Mm-hmm. So it's cool, cool to see it. Um, yeah, he's not just talking about it, he's showing you, which I think is the coolest part of it. But Gators, so... The big names, Jawan Taylor, Shakai Palai, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, give us like a, I guess, an overview of who you really think is that good and who just is an elite prospect. Like, let's, yeah, let's just start with Jawan Taylor then, I guess. Right tackle. Yeah, so Jawan Taylor is really a great story about um, the value of work because when he got to college, he was out of shape pushing 400 pounds. But by the time about game three or four in his freshman year, he had stolen the right, uh, the right tackle starting job and never gave it up. Uh, there was one game against Florida State in 2017 where he slid over to left tackle because of an injury situation. But otherwise, he just started the rest of the way at right tackle and only got better. 
So I am not surprised that the NFL is really high on him because he is a huge human being, but he is not stiff. He has good mobility. Um, I am a little surprised that he is being seen as a top 10 pick because there was never really a point at which me or, or anyone else in the Gator beat said, hey, you know, this, this guy looks like a top 10 pick. And in fact, a lot of people weren't even sure whether he was going to declare at all. Now, obviously, it was a, a good choice for him uh, that he did. But um, with his size being what it is, he can get beat around the edge by some faster pass rushers. And you did see that happen um, even as late as the, the Florida State game at, at the around uh, Thanksgiving time last fall. So he does have that as his weakness. But um, he is a big mauler in the run game because he is the size of a guard but can play tackle. And the, the biggest thing that separates him from me that has been there since his freshman year is that he will get up the field and block on run plays, on screens and swings, those kind of plays. So he will find that defensive back who's trying to creep up, and he will put him out of bounds or on his back. Um, he's always been good at that. He's always been uh, putting forth really good effort on those kind of plays. So he is definitely has the potential to be a very good right tackle in the NFL. Like I said, I just worry a little bit about getting beat around the edge by fast guys, but you know, every tackle gets that at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we can totally relate with that just because of Donovan Smith and, and watching his game. And that's something he struggles with. It's uh, speed around the edge. Now, granted he plays left tackle, but you know, me and Mark always talk about, he might be a better interior prospect a better inside uh player do you see the same with Juwan taylor or do you see him where he can maybe adjust just to the the speed and maybe you know be a fixture at the right side on as the tackle i think tackle is probably his best place um we never got to see him play guard in college so we don't really know how he would do with that um but you know last year was a bit of an adventure as well uh, because they were changing their blocking scheme um, Jim McElwain's offense uh, did not use a lot of zone concepts, whereas Dan Mullen obviously did. And John Hevesy, the, his offensive line coach, um, he did a lot of different things and blitz pickups and dealing with stunts. And so for the first about half of the year, it was it was real rough watching the offensive line, and especially it didn't help that the interior linemen were just not very good. Um, the the two guards are have graduated. They're not on anyone's draft boards for a reason. I mean, they they tried hard. Don't get me wrong, but they they were just not not there. So um, I think tackle is probably his best place. He's got he certainly got the the height for it, mm-hmm. and um, especially if he gets in um, with a line that that knows what it's doing, but they just need a, a new right tackle uh, that will help him out compared to last year. And he's staying at right over left. Probably. I, I mean, I've heard that, uh, you know, that if you can play tackle, you can play on the other side. You just need to practice it up. But he has played right, um, like I said, his entire college career, except for that, that one game. Uh, and he did fine at left. But um, I, because he does have that size issue of being so huge that he doesn't quite have uh, elite mobility for, uh, for a tackle, I, I don't think you'll see him sliding over to the left. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. And everything mm-hmm. you said, I fully, completely agree. I mean, yeah. I actually think he was, like, really consistent. Yeah, it's just the speed that mm-hmm. gets him. He, his footwork looks really good. I mean, it looks kind of, yeah, goofy because he's so big, but mm-hmm. it's consistently the same thing every time, yeah, which I like a lot. When you watch him, you know, you see 
you see what David was talking about in the second level. Like that's probably his, mm-hmm. I think his best trait where he get he gets allowed to get out into open space and really take guys out. Uh, I think he does a really good job of that, of, you know, downfield blocking. Uh, I think obviously the run blocking is, that's probably his best, that's his elite trait. And he does, he does it really well. Um, and then pass blocking, like you said, I mean, the speed is going to give him trouble, um, but that's something he can, you know, work on and hopefully get better. Yeah, exactly. So, Here's the big polarizing question. Ja'Kai Polite. I mean, I'm really high on him. Like, really, really high on Ja'Kai Polite. I, he looked, he really did look out of shape in that pro day. Like, he has some of the still shots. He has a gut in there. I know he's very, very young. But when you put on the tape, he just flashes every game to me. Like, whether that's running someone down from behind, whether that's winning with speed off the edge, whether that's bumping, jumping inside, cutting inside a different array of pass rush moves spin like he has a lot like so what do you value this i'm not going to say hate but the way that people are saying he's going to start dropping down draft boards like heavily or do you think he still sticks first round second round area and what do you view yeah that, Polite? that that is the big question there um and early on kind of quietly and then after the combine pretty openly dan mullen was telling people that he was advising Ja'Kai Polite to stay in school one more year. And I think we're kind of seeing why that is. Um, when he got to school, uh, the old defensive scheme was a traditional 4-3, and they were bulking him up to be a defensive end in that kind of scheme. So he's playing in the 260 to 270 uh, kind of range. Mm-hmm. Then they bring in, uh, the new staff comes in, Todd Grantham has his uh, 3-4 derived scheme. They want him to play the rush end, and he drops all the way down to, to 242. And he looked fast even listed at, uh, I think, 262 his uh, sophomore year uh, in 2017. And he was really starting to come on strong uh, until he got hurt against Georgia and then was out for the rest of the year. So he kind of had uh, a, a month of, of tape taken away from him that way. But then last year, um, he really came alive as that rush end guy, especially in the pass rush. Um, he did not so much distinguish himself in run defense, uh, which I think is is part of the reason why he's fallen some. He's not as polished as a guy like Kentucky's Josh Allen, who's been playing that Russian position for more than a year. And then he did drop back, Ja'Kai Polite, I mean, drops back in coverage some, but not a lot. And when he did, no one ever threw at him, so we don't really know what he's got in that kind of area. So um, he is a little bit raw. He definitely has the burst off the edge. He's got the pass rushing skills. He forced six fumbles last year. I mean, he is everything you want in that area. But then from the combine, like you said, he's looking out of shape. Um, I think he he mentioned in in a press interview somewhere he had gained about 20 pounds, which is exactly the opposite of what you want to do. You know, you lose weight for the combine, so you get your best 40 time. He he barely got under five, um, and he reacted very poorly to some of the teams quizzing him on his uh, weaknesses, which is exactly what – Everyone knows that you do at the combine because they want to see how you react, and he reacted poorly. So whoever it is who's giving him advice gave him some really bad advice. And then that problem didn't get fixed because when Florida's pro day comes around a month later, um, he hasn't lost any of that weight. He still barely gets under five seconds in his 40 time. Um, he messes up his hammy in the process, tries to do some agility drills, but uh, you know, wiped out. So I think you see from a preparation standpoint – and also, just looking at it, he only had one year as that Russian position. Before that, he was playing straight-up defensive end. So um, you can kind of see now why Mullen was 
suggesting, hey, maybe come back a year. But um, I was looking at it earlier today. Um, flight is early second round in the CBS mock draft, uh, the most recent one. I think that's probably about right um, because if you can get him um, away from whoever it is who's given him <laughs> all this bad advice right now and, and get him back down um, out of the 260s, get him, getting him maybe if not 242 where he was listed last year, but, you know, upper 240s, low 250s for the NFL, um, he's got elite burst off the edge. In at least half a sack, if not more, you knew half a second after the ball was snapped that, okay, this is over. Um, he's got that kind of leap off the edge. But um, he's got a little bit of room to grow in, in the run game. And then, like I said, we're, he's pretty much a question mark in, in pass coverage. And then just, you think it's a majority of its immaturity then? That's why he should have stayed kind of thing? Because, I mean, Josh Allen is a senior. I mean, he's he's been there the whole four years. He, As you said, he's done the same position more than just one year. It looks like he's been more consistent. He's, his body's like a representation of himself. Like he's just been the same, consistent. Just Ja'Kai Polite injuries, now gaining weight. Do you think it's just an immaturity thing, or that's why he should have stayed to kind of relearn what he's supposed to do consistently? Or do you think it's just a fluke season, actually? No, I don't think it was a fluke season because he, he has elite athleticism that you just don't find anywhere. And so I think someone is going to take him early second round at the latest. Um, but yeah, some of, some of that is probably maturity. Some of it is just um, being new to that Russian position because he only had it for one year. You know, uh, Kentucky's head coach is a defensive guy. So uh, he ran the same defense the entire time. So, um, you know, Josh Allen has had all, all of his years of college were in that system. And so he's played that position the whole way. It's true consistency, right? I mean, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of him either way. I mean, like you said, if he can be mature, and this is like almost like a Bruce Arians type of guy, if like <laughs> immature, like they have question marks around him, and like Bruce Arians is like, okay, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll make sure he has a right head on his shoulders, and I'll, I'll drive him the right way. But that's just me. I hope I I like him a lot as a prospect. I hope we do too. I mean, and he came in for a visit. One of the thirty visits right. for the Bucks, so yep. I was happy at that. Anything to add? No, I mean I agree with everything David said, and, and you as well, Mark. I mean, I think the kid, like I think he's just been like David said, he was just getting bad, bad advice or bad rep, uh, representation. Uh, whoever he's got, you know, repping him, really not giving him the right, uh, you know, guidance. And I think he just needs some guidance. Obviously, he needs to mature, but again, he's only twenty years old. Uh, that's going to come with time and, and really just learning how to be a professional, I think. Uh, but if he comes to Tampa, I mean, I think he would be a good fit here. You know, like Mark said, Bruce will will make sure that, you know, nothing funny happens and make sure he's, you know, committed to football. And, uh, I mean, the guy's got skills. I mean, pass rush wins in this league in the NFL, and uh, that's something he definitely knows how to do. Yeah, yeah. If he's if he's going to a franchise that has weak leadership, doesn't really know what they're doing, maybe they've got – a new head coach who, let's say, washed out of a mid-level Big 12 job uh, and got fired, you know, something along those lines, that would be a red flag for him. But if he could go to a place with a guy like Bruce Arians who really knows what he's doing, um, he's going to have a chance to, to fulfill his potential. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. All right, so let's move on to another guy the Bucks brought in for a visit, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So I've looked at a little bit of his tape. Obviously, you know way more than I do. So... Give me a rundown. What is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's like biggest positives, negatives, if he does have negatives? Just a rundown of 
what he is as a prospect and where, where do you see him playing the most in the NFL? Well, I, I'm not 100% sure where he's going to play the most in the NFL. I, I'm seeing a lot of draft boards marking him as safety, and I'm not sure that's exactly his best position. So when he got to Florida, you know, as a freshman, he was a, a reserve cornerback for a lot of the year, but then some injuries uh, happened, and he ended up a starting safety at the end. And um, he got the, the bowl MVP for intercepting two passes, um, defensive MVP. So um, they made him into a, a full-time safety the next year in 2017, and he was – really rough to watch that year as a safety. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was just bad coaching. Um, Jim McElwain replaced his uh, secondary coach with a guy who was more of a recruiter than a coacher. And he never looked completely comfortable. Um, his pad level was frequently terrible and he was getting trucked by running backs the entire year. Um, a lot of people were just wondering what, what happened to this guy. He looked so promising at the end of last year. And boy, this is just really rough. But again, you get a guy who knows what he's doing, Todd Grantham comes in. Um, they put Gardner Johnson at what he calls the star position. That's your nickel corner who does some other things kind of deal. And he really blossomed because he is, I think, more of a natural corner than a safety. And so he got to play more of that coverage stuff, but he also blitzed off the edge. Um, he spent a lot of time sniffing out screens and swings. And suddenly, with a good defensive backs coach, a guy named Charlton Warren, who's since moved on to Georgia, um, he was making great one-on-one tackles in the open field, um, killing screens before they could even get past the line of scrimmage. And so all of a sudden, here's that potential that we were waiting on. And he ended up being a big-time locker room presence. He's got a huge personality, became a really good leader on that team. And he was a very big reason why the defense went from truly historically bad for the last 50 years for Florida to really pretty good last year. And He's got that ability to be a leader and to rally guys around him. And he can probably play some safety, especially if he's got some good position coaching, because when he played safety full-time, he just didn't have it. Um, so he got a lot better in that regard. But I really think that that nickel spot is his sweet spot. Uh, I guess we'll see if uh, someone can turn him into a safety, if that's uh, what the NFL wants from him. But that, that kind of hybrid position where he gets to do a little bit of everything – that is, he is the guy who was made for that spot. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I saw him as. I see him kind of like a big nickel, um, a guy that can play maybe like that fourth linebacker spot where he's down in the box, uh, kind of like the money position or money backers is what they call it, where kind of like we already have it on our team with Dayon Buchanan, uh, but he can, you know, be versatile in that way where he can play corner or safety or you can like line him up against tight ends and, and slot receivers. I think that's uh, something that will be in his future. But I really like um, how far he's risen. Uh, he's really, you know, boosted his stock uh, quite a bit, uh, and I think he's one of the better. He's one of the better safeties as far as cover guys, and then you know just his versa- versatility that he's going to bring to a team. Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely would be an elite cover guy for a safety. I don't think his coverage skills are quite good enough that you'd put him outside and and put him on an island. Right. Um, so, so having some of that in his role is, is definitely more what you're looking for. So again, like question, uh, similar to like a Taram Matthew type, like that kind of inside nickel area transition between safety corner area, kind of like that. And do you see him better as a man as opposed to his own? I think he's probably better as a man than his own. Um, okay. 
but uh, yeah, playing playing that inside corner spot uh, is what he did last year, and, and that's really where he was at his best. He did go outside a few times, um, but that inside place where he can play some uh, different things, uh, you never know what you're getting from him. I mean, if you go back and watch his pick six against Michigan in the bowl game, he lined up inside, and um, he drops back, but then immediately doubles back from the left side of the field to the right side of the field. He runs about 40 yards in total and picks off a pass that he was nowhere near uh, when the play started and runs it back for a touchdown. I mean, that that's the kind of uh, play that he could make that a lot of guys can't. So, so a heady type of guy, mm-hmm. right? Smart yeah. player. Instinctual. Right? Yep. That's, that's the type of guy you want. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so one other big question I had before I ask you one of yours. Uh, Voshan Joseph, give me a quick analysis of him. Like, I know you, I was watching a lot of your videos. He likes to blitz a lot. He likes to get after the quarterback. I mean, with our system that we're going to be running, this 3-4, it looks like Bruce Arians likes to rush middle linebackers a lot. I'm looking for other linebackers that like to blitz. Voshan Joseph is one I consider that. How do you see Voshan Joseph being used, and what's his best traits? He is probably a very high-ceiling, low-floor kind of player. So he is going to be he, – he played an outside backer, but not, not your hybrid rush end, but you're just normal outside backer kind of spot for Florida, that money backer sort of deal. And he did a lot more blitzing uh, under Todd Grantham than he did in the previous scheme because Grantham was the blitz. And he was turned out to be very good at that. And he is very, very fast. That is probably his number one biggest trait. And 1A would be he is a hard hitter but also not a dirty hitter. So he is able to put the fear in God – uh, into offensive players without picking up uh, without picking up penalties. So that is those are definitely skills you like to see. But the problem is he overruns a lot of plays, and he was to to put it bluntly a disaster in pass coverage in college. <laughs> yeah, I heard about um, that. I don't know what it was, but uh, if there's one thing that can be said for him, the other linebackers he was playing alongside were also terrible in pass coverage. Um, so I, I don't know if it was poor coaching. Some of that could have been, um, I, I know that for instance, last year, uh, Florida's linebackers coach was a guy named Christian Robinson. This is his first, uh, job as, as above the graduate assistant level. Um, so I, I don't know if, uh, he just didn't quite get there. Now he did lead Florida in tackles last year, although, um, the other linebacker, David Reese, uh, had slightly more per game, just missed a few games to injury. So he, he racked up a lot of tackles, and he looked really good blitzing. And, and his best game by far was against LSU. If you want to see him at his best, um, go look at him against LSU. But then you look at him a month later against South Carolina, and boy, you, you just wonder how they didn't pull him off the field because he was just overrunning everything and getting turned around by tight ends, and it, and it was rough. So he's got the tools. He just really needs some coaching. And if someone can get him coached up to, to not overrun plays and to, to figure out how to keep track of somebody at least, then he's got the physical tools you would want to see in that, that speed and that hard hitting. But I just don't know um, when that light bulb's going to turn on for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched a lot of your videos on that, on Boshan Joseph, and I, I, you could just hear it in your voice how much you liked him. You made me like him. And I see, oh, how, yeah. Yeah, and I see how he can blitz and... To me, that that screams that this is a player that the Bucks would want. Like this is the system that they want to kind of rush their linebackers. And this is a guy that I'm pretty sure he didn't time the best. But on tape, he shows he has speed. 
and athleticism. And I've yeah, I've seen a bunch of times where he does look pitiful in pass coverage. But to me, based on his timing and because he's so bad, he's kind of one-dimensional right now, he probably will fall. And this, to me, is like an opportunity that where you can kind of get him a little later than, let's say, a Devin White. <laughs> but that's just yeah. me, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he, he is uh, he's definitely going to be have the potential to be somebody's hidden gem where you look back in five years and you say, wow, that was a, a great pick up there at the end of the fourth round or something. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> two other things. One, who is your hidden gem gator that no one hears or talks about because they're just not in the limelight? Like one of these guys we didn't mention and where you're like, oh, I hope he gets drafted and hope he gets on a team and actually shows he can play. For that, I would say probably Martez Ivy. Um, he was Florida's uh, starting left tackle the last two years. Um, he had kind of a, a rough go of it. He was expected to come in and be amazing uh, because he was a five-star recruit, uh, but he ended up playing guard the first two years because Florida had uh, a really good left tackle in David Sharp, and then he finally got a chance to get in, but he never seemed to fulfill that five-star capability, and part of that was because he was never fully healthy a lot of the time. And I know that the NFL is not exactly the place you go because you want to get fully healthy. But if he can beat some of the injury issues, he really does have a high ceiling. Um, he's got some good mobility. He's he's not. Nope. Oh, we lost David Wunderlich. <laughs> uh-huh. But I will call, give him a call real quick. Yeah, Martez Ivy. Yeah. A massive individual, though. Extremely mm. long arms, just massive. Look up his combine like measurements. Dirty. So yeah, look, he's he's like a pro- typical. Yeah, left tackle, but they moved him in guard. Yeah, let's get him back on the phone. Okay, call drops for some reason. <laughs> it's all good. That's good. It's, it is. We we kept it flowing. It's all good. So yeah, okay. you're talking Martez Ivy. Yeah, so I think he really does have that kind of potential. I mean, he's he's got the moves. He can move laterally, and he was not beat around the edge as often as as Jawan Taylor was, um, which is odd to say about you know, the hidden gem versus the top 10 pick. Um, so he, he also uh, was plagued with having to, to be next to left guards who weren't very good. Cause again, <laughs> Florida's interior linemen haven't been good for a while. So, and especially last year they, they were rotating some guys in and out and um, you know, the year before he was playing next to a redshirt freshman. And so he, he never got that to be the left tackle of a, of a line that was really solid. So um, I think, think if he can get into the right place and can finally get fully healthy, he's got the ability to hang around in the, the league a lot of time. I don't think he's going to be a pro bowler, but um, I think there's some quality value in him. And he's got freaky measurables. Yeah. Extremely long yeah. arms, just cool. just big, another big individual. Yeah, like long, big hands. I mean, yeah. he's a guy that I think, like David was saying, I mean, if you develop him properly, he could be a, a serviceable starter. Maybe not like an all-star or pro bowl, but he could be a very good Quality starter. Well, comparable to like the the Patriots left tackle just got signed for right. What's his name? Uh, Brown. Yeah, Trent Brown. Another Gator. Trent Brown. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, similar to that, like that Matt, not six eight, like he is, mm-hmm. but similar to that kind of stature, like a guy that can once he gets on, he can kind of actually show you what he is, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Once he once he starts um, being able to show that kind of stuff and you know find a, a more stable place and and uh, get fully healthy. He's, he's got the, I mean, six five three zero six is what he's listed as a senior. I mean, that's 
classic tackle size, and he's got the frame where you can put some more on him uh, mm-hmm. without losing too much. And like you said, the measurables, the arm length and everything, like he, he's got it all there. And, and he is, you know, considered to be, if I remember correctly, he's, you know, he's one of the brighter guys on the team. You know, he's, he's got the intelligence to be a, a really good offensive lineman. So you, you just got to find a way to get all the pieces to fall into place. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm pulling for him too yeah. now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you have enough time for one more question? That's I think the, I can fit in one more. The final. So obviously SEC guy, you watch every SEC game, every Florida LSU game. This question is every Bucks. It's like a, a split. Every Bucks fan either likes L, Devin White and wants him at number five or doesn't like him, think it's overvalued, and just don't see where a middle linebacker is valuable at number five. Where do you value Devin White, LSU middle linebacker, and do you think he's worthy of a top five pick, like for the Bucks? It's hard for me to say about a top five pick because, you know, there's so much money wrapped up in that and so much expectations, and it, it's, you know, it's, really hard to pick anyone other than a quarterback or a left tackle or somebody like that in the top five and, and really feel like, you know, we're going to get our best value out of this. But as far as Devin White as, as a middle linebacker, that dude was awesome for LSU last year. I watched a lot of LSU tape look at, leading into that game, and he just jumped off the screen every single time. I mean, he was just everywhere. And in the game against Florida, he was awesome again. And he was the middle linebacker on a defense that this was not – the most talented LSU defense there was, and they lost their best uh, edge rusher guy in the first game, and they still managed to to win 10 games against a ridiculously hard schedule. I mean, you go back and look, and they could have gone 7-5, and and you would have said, well, against that schedule, I guess I kind of get it. But they won 10 games and won uh, a New Year's Six game, and he was the leader in the middle of that defense. And I don't know if he's uh, top five value because I'm just not that big of a draft, Nick, but... And let me tell you something, that dude is, will give you full effort every single play, and he was amazing for LSU last year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, sorry if you heard laughing in the background, Mark spilled wine all over the chair while you're starting. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree with like, I, the, as far as the value for top five, and that's, that's really what it is for us. Like, we just don't see him as a top five guy. But when we're watching tape, there's a lot of things where, it's just inconsistencies with him. I mean, obviously he was awesome for LSU. I mean, he made a lot of big splash plays, but it's it's the in-between there that is just – we just don't see him as a top 10 type of player right now. Um, I mean, maybe he could be great down the line, but uh, it's just his mental processing, and then there's inconsistencies with tackling, going the wrong direction at times, and just little things like that. I don't know if you, if you see that as well, but, um, you know, it's just – we think when you're picking top five, you want someone that's elite already or, or gonna, you know is going to be good. Yeah, you don't you, want, you want someone mistake, where you, right? you, don't, you, you don't want to make a mistake, certainly, and you, and you don't right. want to uh, you don't want to pick somebody unless you're absolutely positively sold. I mean, I, I think generally, unless you've got that no-doubt guy, you, you want to try to trade down and pick up some other picks. But right. yeah. I, I guess they're not looking at that this year. Well, you never know. I mean, draft yeah. day is always yeah. crazy, I mean, right? Yeah, that's true. The right offer comes along, and, and you definitely do that because, I, I mean, especially before they put in the rookie wage scale, <laughs> you trade down absolutely if you can yeah. get some yeah. dumb enough to pay sixty million to someone who's never played in the NFL before. But right. um, even even with the rookie pay scale, like it's 
those picks can be so valuable that if you can trade down, like you do it unless you're sure this is my franchise cornerstone. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Like, yeah. do, you, do you see him as like a, a Ray Lewis, Patrick Willis type immediately starting in the NFL? Like, cause some people literally rave, Oh, he's Ray Lewis. He's the next, mm-hmm. he's the modern day Ray Lewis, yeah. Gold Patrick jacket. Willis, gold jet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, do you see him uh, as that immediately starting in the NFL? I know I, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Uh, Ray Lewis's uh, rookie year is, is before I, I really started paying attention. But, um, you know, Patrick Willis came out of Ole Miss right That's around SEC, uh, right? when I was in college. Yeah, SEC. And uh, you could tell that that dude was going to start from day one. I mean, he was he was he was a, one of those no doubt kind of players. Um, I'm not sure White is quite up to his caliber based on what he did in college. He could get there, but I don't know that he's like absolutely no doubt, hands down, day one starter write it in in sharpie i i 100 percent agree with you and like that there's not an ounce of me that doesn't agree more (laughs) but like yeah i (laughs) i view me out the same thing you're saying great athlete can do it all like yeah i'm I'm not saying anything about his leadership his leadership's there he was the heart of that defense but top five i I just don't know if i see it there Mm -hmm. considering yeah he does need to learn it the position a little bit better patrick willis was see it get it go and he actually was smart and actually could read before it was going to happen. He was making the play before it was there. So instead of the play was made, then he made the tackle after 15 yards down the field. It was more made the, the play at the ball, which to me was like that. that's what you want in a linebacker. Like Luke Keekley, he did that in college. So I just didn't see that in Devin White when I was watching him because he, he has all – checks all the boxes, but it's just to me it's the mental processing. And if you're going to put – all your eggs in his basket, rookie season. I think that's a little too much at at top five, just to me. <laughs> and you kind of solidified that. Thank you. Yeah. Now, All right. Man, yeah. but other than that, David, awesome podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Thank you for cutting the time out for us and just giving us the time of day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime, guys. All right, man. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to you soon, and. uh and it's uh, it's it's great having you on, and uh, we'll be in touch for sure. And actually, yeah, get let them know where they can find you on Twitter and YouTube, all that, because they that they need. To, if there's Gator fans on this podcast, go follow them, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is Year Two Y E A R the number two. Um, from there, you can uh, in my profile you can find my author page at GatorCountry.com. That's where I write about uh, Florida sports, and it's a really great place to be. They've got some good. Uh, insider forums or there's uh, a lot of great discussion um, there's even a few uh, former Gator players who are get on there and, and give you some insights so uh, that's a good place to be and then um, if you uh, just search for my name on YouTube I think I'm the first thing that comes up uh, I haven't checked in a while I don't have one of those fancy URLs for it but uh, uh, just copy and paste my name off of my Twitter bio into YouTube and you should be able to find it absolutely awesome cool. Well, thanks again, and uh, have a great night, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Go Bucks. All right, man. Awesome. Awesome podcast. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with yeah. – I, I, I'm being honest. We did not talk to him prior to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't tell him, oh, say this about Devin White. We didn't say this about Voshan Joseph or yeah. Ja'Kai Polite. Like, no, it was a last-minute thing. Yeah. We just got him on uh, today, and he agreed, and – um, we have been talking to him in the past, but that was like of last year when we were asking questions about, you know, doing our own YouTube and, and stuff like that and just getting information. And we talked a little bit about some prospects and, you know, what he saw, but yeah, I mean, that was just great information that he gave us today talking about, 
you know, Jawan Taylor. And I agree with him. I, I, you know, I saw the, that's why I still think Jonah's, you know, OT1 in my opinion, because he's so damn consistent and he plays on the left side. You look at Jawan Taylor. Yes, he's a great run blocker, but then again, he struggles with speed. And like I said, we can relate with that because we have a Donovan Smith who has the same issues. Great dominant run blocker can really move in the open space and, and get guys. And, but then at the same time, he has that inconsistencies with the speed rushers. So, and that's why he's probably on the right side because it's a better fit for him. Uh, and speaking of Juwan Taylor, and then you look at Joe Kai Polite. I mean, he is, he's one heck of a pass rusher. And I think that was obviously pointed out by David, um, you know, Mark loves him. I mean, that's probably one of it. That's probably one of his favorite prospects. Uh, and I think if he, if that's where he's going to fall early second round and, and he's there at 39, you know, depending on what the bucks do at five, I think you have to consider him. I mean, he's really a great fit for what we, we want to do. He can really play that rush in, um, and maybe work on the little bit of the coverage, maybe not ask him, ask him to cover that much, you know, but really send him off as the edge and be that pass rusher. Yeah, and that, that's why I thought it was really cool that, yeah, the Bucks bought in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for mm-hmm. an interview. I mean, yeah. you have 30 of them, and you bought two Gators in, you know, Polite and yeah. Gardner-Johnson. Well, and now three, because they brought Taylor in as well. Well, actually, Taylor's coming they? Taylor's coming to the local pro day um, yeah. that they're having, so yeah. And Quinn Williams was there. Like, yeah, right. yeah, all the big guys. Mm-hmm. They had Josh Allen today. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, all the big guys that you want them to be having in that are selected top 10, they're, they've, they've come. But yeah, like guys like Garner Johnson and Polite, like those aren't guys that are going to be considered top five. Mm-hmm. So and they're still looking. So like that's that's your second round. That's right. your do you trade back up or trade down? Like yeah. those are options right there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For those and you heard Arian say like, oh, there's a lot of good safeties in this draft, and that's mm-hmm. why I was like, is he like a Teran Matthew right. type that could play in that position? And I right. Yeah. You want a heady guy. Yeah. That's what you want. I mean, yeah, Voshan Joseph isn't that, but. Again, characteristics. He's not going to be a top three rounds guy. No, no. Day I think he's going to fall fourth. I think he ran a four seven five or something like that. So it's not. He might be even later. I mean, just right? because just because of the inconsistencies that yeah. David talked about on his tape, and uh, you know, I'm a Gator fan. I, I watch all the Gator games as well. And ditto. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, Mark's Gator fan too. So we watched it, and you can see where you know Voshan. I mean. His biggest thing is just over pursuit. I mean, he's very aggressive. I mean, he's got that mindset where he just wants to attack and hit, and uh, really brings the punch. And I think that's fits right into what you know the Bucks want to do defensively. So I could see it where, you know, he's got the traits, and if you just coach him up a little bit, he can be something you know down the line. Yeah. But you can get him much better value than say a Devin White at five, and that that's what our point is. And it's well, not downing. Yeah, it's not downing him. It's not saying he's not a good player because he is. But when you're picking top five, you've got to have elite prospects. Now, if the Bucks are trading down and we move down to 10 or whatever and Devin White's there, then sure, go right ahead because you added value uh, to that pick and you get something more than just a Devin White. Absolutely. Yeah. that, And then I think just – I'm pretty sure he didn't time well. So And timing isn't – Mean the end all be all. Just because Evan mm-hmm. White ran a four four two and this guy ran a four seven something does not right. mean oh he's a piece of crap. Yeah. No, I mean look at the tape. Look how fast they play on tape. Mm-hmm. Are they getting beat to the the sideline? He often is literally in your face before you have time to do anything. So yeah. And I I would say a guy later where you have better value, mm-hmm. use him to his strengths better. I mean like right. it just 
that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, if you follow David Wunderlich, you can look at some of the games where he'll go over his sacks, go over the LSU game, like he was saying. Mm-hmm. Awesome blitzing as a linebacker. As a, he said outside. I could have sworn he was around the middle more, but yeah. maybe he, they just use him different ways. They but, used him at both, I believe. Well, I mean, the dude can move. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's not the best at covering, but again, you're going to get later in the in the back of the draft, right? And then we're looking to be what? Fast, smart, and aggressive. Is that those yeah. are the three? Fast, smart, physical, physical, right. aggressive in there. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's a play style of what, what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So force the agenda. Don't sit back and wait. Right. I I, I see a fit. Obviously, the Bucks brought in polite Garner Johnson. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just coincidence. Maybe it's fans of the Gators wanting that to be a coincidence. Yeah. I don't know, but I see them as really good players. Obviously, I exude how much I like. Ja'Kai Polite mm-hmm. as a player. I got to look more into Gardner Johnson a little bit. Yeah, I, I've seen more of Gardner, and, and I really like uh, I like his game. I, I like how he plays. Very, He's another guy that's aggressive. Uh, they used him off the corner to blitz a lot, um, can mix him up in coverages, whether he's playing back at safety. But I agree he, his best fit is in that nickel spot where he can play close to the box. But you can use him as a matchup guy, and that's what you need in this league. you got to have guys that can match up against maybe a running back or receiver tight end. Uh, and that's something he can do, and he's also a very good tackler, uh, especially in open space. So he rarely misses tackles. I didn't, I didn't see many that he missed. Uh, and I have him as one of my top five safeties. I mean, he's right up there with – You love Savage. Yeah, I love Savage, Darnell Savage. But Gardner, John, Gardner Johnson is coming – I mean, he's close. Like, he's right up there with him. Uh, Jonathan Abrams is another guy. I like Rap. R- yeah, Taylor Rap out of Washington. And then you have um, – Trying to think of the other guy. Crap, just lost his. What about the Alabama guy? Alabama guy, yeah. He's I mean, fallen. he his people draft, saw him as like a top ten guy. Yeah, I early mean, on. At, at times he was mocked to the Bucks at, at our pick, and jeez, <laughs> you know. Um, so he's he's kind of fallen, but he's still a good player. Uh, I think he's that typical free safety kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of good safeties, and Gardner Johnson is definitely one of them. But yeah, I mean, all those guys, um, and I agree. 100% what he said with Devin White. I think it just it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and before we go into the questions, mm-hmm. I mean, he said top five, you really don't feel justice unless it's a quarterback or a tackle, right? right? I mean, yeah. I, or I, a I pass agree rusher. Or a pass rusher. Yeah, yeah, something where yeah. higher value. And I, I agree. Mm-hmm. that That's the kind of, I guess maybe we didn't say it clear enough. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we kind of meant, meant. It's not like, it's not a hate. Yeah. We don't have a hate for Devin White. I, I think he's an awesome player and an awesome prospect mm-hmm. and down the road yeah he could be one of the best middle linebackers if he mm-hmm. gets his head on and yeah and the point of everyone saying oh he, he wants to learn yeah every player wants to learn and wants to be great yeah you, you're gonna tell me a guy wants to get to the nfl and it's like oh I'm, I'm, i made it i'm done <laughs> no so yeah. that's not an argument for me i, I want to see it the day one he's gonna be ready he's gonna be the guy and to me it's like he's not a patrick willis he's not luke keekley mm-hmm. those are the two latest guys that i've seen that literally jumped off but right so that, enough on that. We, we, we yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to the question. So I'll I'll talk. Uh, Anthony at Java underscore Jams. What additions of Morris Claiborne or trade of Darren Lee or Darren Lee mm-hmm. from the Jets possibly just waiting out how the draft goes? And do you think the Bucks have deals in place already pending once the draft unfolds? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, I think Morris Morris Claiborne might be a possibility, uh, especially. 
after the draft if he's still available, uh, depending on, you know, what kind of cap space the Bucks have to create. You know, obviously the big one is what happens with Gerald McCoy. Is he moved on draft day? Do we cut him after or do we just wait it out till the, you know, preseason and see what we have? Or, you know, so there's a lot of things that, you know, still have to be unfolded, like you said in the question, Anthony. Um, and then you also look at Cameron Brait. You know, is he going to be moved or is he staying? Uh, so I could see either one of those guys uh, being a possibility. I don't think there's deals in place, but, you know, I think Darren Lee is probably on the way out. So they might be just waiting for to see if he gets cut, um, mm-hmm. you know, or just waiting to see how low the value can get to acquire <laughs> him. Uh, but, yeah, those that's a great question, and those are definitely two guys to keep an eye out for, um, you know, during the draft and then after the draft as well. I, I would wish he would get cut, Darren Lee, but mm-hmm. just based on what his year was last year, I don't I don't know. Right. He had a good, very good year last year. He so. did, yep. Mort um, Claiborne, I, I don't know. I mean, do, we don't have the money to do it. Not that's right That's why now. I would say, yeah, after yeah. the draft, plus we got to sign guys. Do yeah. we even have the money to sign guys right now? No. So – Something's got to be done. Gerald mm-hmm. McCoy isn't even practicing right now. Right. I mean, I, the yeah, press doing, conference with well, Winston's he, like, oh, he's yeah. he's not here, but we we love him, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. He's doing his own training out in California. So. But but that, to me, is almost like riding the wall. Like, mm-hmm. okay, usually this is a guy that's always team first. He's always here. He's always Yeah, especially good, with a new coach in. Right? You know? And he's, he's he's always wanting to be there. Yeah. Like, when Vita Vea was drafted, he was the first guy there wanting to show him the ropes. Mm-hmm. If McCoy isn't here... To me, that's writing on the wall saying, okay, well, either they're about to move him, he knows he's going to get moved, or he just doesn't want to be here anymore. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, that that should be already common sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's move on. Then, yeah, just I would say it's – is something going to happen before the draft? I don't – I honestly don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think whoever we pick at five or if we do trade down, then a lot of things will start happening. Yeah. But – Two weeks, I think they're buckling down right now. The draft, I may be wrong, but in case the Jets just throw an offer, I'll just give me a six and I'll yeah. take them. <laughs> uh, th- then, yeah, they're Darren Lee's a buck to me, but yeah, and then that number five gets obvious. There's not thou shall not be named, but mm. we keep going. Yeah, <laughs> Phil R at Cali underscore Bucks fan. How would you feel if we take Winovich at 39, regardless if we take Oliver or White at five? Yeah, I mean, when, uh, Ch- Michigan. Yeah, he's talking about Chase uh, Winovich, uh, the defensive end slash linebacker uh, for Michigan, and you know, I think he would be he'd be someone that is solid. Uh, he's he's got a lot of pass rush moves, uh, very fast off the edge. Um, maybe not as polished as some of the other edge rushers, but I mean, he's got all motor, uh, very good uh, length and size, and and really um, can really get around the edge pretty well. Uh, I like him. I've seen a little bit of him on tape, not too much, but as far as his overall measurables and all that, uh, pretty good. So, yeah, I could see that as a possibility. I mean, we need edge help. Um, I'm just not sure uh, how much he's played in coverage, um, if he's able to drop back and do some of those things that I know they want you know, our outside guys to do. So that's my only thing. I'd probably have to look more into him, but from what I saw, especially watching Rashawn Gary and watching Devin Bush. I mean, 15 is someone that stood out. So, I mean, that's that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, I've looked, to be honest, more into Rashawn Gary than hmm. Winovich. But obviously, you always look at him 
good motor. Yeah. Very good motor. He's always running towards the ball, full speed. It's almost like his speed is go. Right. And you want that in a guy, especially mm-hmm. an edge rusher that's kind of trying to push the pocket. Yeah. Now, is it just full effort like you would get in Carl Nassib, who literally is like go? He just yeah. he wants to get to the quarterback. That's his mission. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like that who will probably fall second, third? Right. Maybe, but he doesn't have the length Carl Nassib had. Right. So would I be mad at it? Depends on who's there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I I, I got to look more into him. I've just because I've been looking a lot more into Gary just because his freak athleticism mm-hmm. and the debate at five. Because I mean, yeah, I'm just looking all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's look at Tommy. Tommy, thank you again. Yeah. He's always around. And Tommy, thank you very much for the YouTube. Um, yeah, shout out. That shout was very out. very nice. Yep, that was awesome. That that's literally I was not goosebumps, but I, I was like, that's so damn cool. Mm-hmm. Like our voice is heard around and like actually appreciated. And it's not, it's not just like we're the number one people Mm -hmm. need to listen to. It's just, we're just talking because we love talking football and right. What we think we're, I don't know. We're just trying to get our voice out Mm -hmm. and let you understand what we see and then hear your feedback and then understand, okay, well, where are we butting heads? Where, where do we see us moving? And then just based on going off the tape, we're just trying to, Show you what we see. That's all. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It's fun to hear people that appreciate it. And yeah. thank you again. But yeah. Tommy, here's your question. And he's at All Hands Galley um, on Twitter. Chris Godwin, 1,000 yards, 10 plus touchdowns this year, becoming the next Anquan Bolden. Your thoughts? Man, that would be a great season for Chris Godwin. Um, I'm not sure if he'll put up those kind of numbers, but I think he'll get every opportunity to do so. Uh, I think he's going to take a big step forward. Um, just hearing him in his press conference today, he talked a lot about just consistency, being better. Uh, I liked his comment about, you know, I don't care if I have 100 catches or 50 catches, but, you know, if we win games and win the Super Bowl, then I'm totally fine with whatever I get. So it just shows, like, he puts the team first, uh, very focused, and you can see, like, he's very determined in his training. Uh, it looks like they're going to use him in the slot a lot, which I like. I like, you know, taking advantage of mismatches. And I think, especially with him as a blocker, I think that's going to help us out in the run game uh, big time. You know, just him able to chip off the edge and just take advantage of linebackers and, and small slot mm-hmm. corners, you know. So, yeah, I could see it. Uh, I mean, even using Mike Evans there as well. So there's a lot of a lot of opportunities for this offense. I mean, just the playmakers that we have, OJ Howard, it's going to be a beast. Um, but yeah, I mean, big year for Chris Godwin. Yeah. And like, like the banner says, one team, one cause. Right. And I, I can honestly see the thousand yards easily. Mm -hmm. He had a thousand yards last year. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that can happen. The 10 touchdowns. eh, Yeah. I mean, I think Mike's going to eat up a lot. Yeah, especially because, with the way Arians knows how to game plan and just, yeah. like, take advantage of mismatches that we've been talking about for years. You know, it, it seems like that's finally going to happen. And really, O.J. Howard is probably going to get a lot of the bulk of the touchdowns, too, um, just because he's mm-hmm. such a mismatch, mis- mismatch yeah. down there. But Anquan Bolden is a good comparison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very, but Chris Godwin, he timed very well. He was a four four two guy. Right. How the hell did he fall in the third round? I don't know. Yeah. But the dude's gotten better every year he's been in the mm-hmm. league. This is number three. Get ready, guys. Yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> yeah, and he talked about that today. I mean, he just he talked about last year how he had that little mini slump at the end of the year and really uh, his body and his not really following his training 
um, throughout the year really set him back. And he wants to be more consistent in his route running. And he talked about how, you know, one step wrong here, then he's already lost. I mean, because the corners are so good in the league, like they're right on you if you make one false step. So it's just about getting that consistency and and really uh, being a complete player. And it's going to be awesome to see him utilized the right way finally and all the pieces being utilized uh in this offense uh but yeah that's a man taking his job seriously yeah absolutely this isn't just a game to him this is his job this is what he needs to right. do to feed his family yeah. and he, he wants to be great that that's the type of player you want to hear saying mm-hmm. things like that yeah like dude's gonna do good i mean he's already proven it two years in a row can he take another step forward oh yeah <laughs> if he does then yeah that thousand ten ten touchdowns is possible yeah for sure uh, last question. This is from Adam Sproles at Sproles86 on Twitter. Would you consider Anthony Nelson a five tech in the three four or an outside rusher? Well, that's a great question, actually, because I was looking at him today. Um, big guy, six seven. Yeah, he's massive. Two eighty uh, about. Yeah, over. Yeah, so that's five tech. Yeah, I think he's that typical five tech. Now, granted, and and like his his better games came in a four three where he was you know, rushing with four, but yeah, I think he can be that five tech, um, very similar, um, to Zach Allen actually out of Boston college, but Zach Allen's a little bit more, uh, fine tuned and a little more, uh, polished. Uh, but Anthony Nelson reminds me a lot of kind of similar to Carl Nassa, but bigger and more stout can really, uh, be that solid run defender, but also provide some edge capabilities that he can get after the quarterback. Yeah, I got to do more research on him, mm-hmm. but just based on size measurables, I would say five tech. I mean, your three four outside rusher is going to be yeah. a lot more quick twitch, bendy, right? Just be able to cover space. He he's, he can't do that, right? Just, yeah, just, he played with the hand in the ground yeah. for most of his college career. I don't think he was standing up at ever uh, at all, really. So, yeah, five tech would be a perfect spot. Yeah, well, based on that question, I will do more research and look into him because he's his name's been brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that's up for the questions. But yet another great podcast. I hope y'all that liked Gators, any of the Gators, you got a lot of info out of it. And mm-hmm. just yeah, thank you again to yeah. uh, David uh, for joining us. That was great stuff. Uh, I told him thirty minutes, and he went a little extra. So we appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, also yeah, again, thank you to Tommy again for the shout out. Also to Mark Magna, uh, who follows us. Uh, he's doing his own podcast now. Uh, he gave us a nice shout out. He listened to our episode, really enjoyed it. Uh, he's one of the guys that agrees with us on Devin White, at, you know, not at five. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you again to uh, you guys, and uh, we appreciate it all. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to close it out. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Real Bucks Talk. Instagram. Be sure to find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Also, if you can, leave us ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. Or any comments, or or even just share the podcast. Uh, anything you guys can do, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, but as always, go Bucks, Go Lightning tomorrow. It's going to be awesome playoffs. Um, and everyone have a great week.